0: There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ShumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW for void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: When you want some real and to have a good time, put a smile on your face. Yeah, KBKM and Elation Radio, mm, even brighten your day. your hopes. to live in a house or mansion, not just to drive in a fine town, car, I just want more for the tangible that of this world, for made for the matter, I'm a unique design, not just to work. Every day for a dollar Not to trust with the approval of man. I have been a of Father and Savior For with Him I stand With Him I will remain Oh, I was created ha oh. Dr. Jerry Green, welcome to Open Mic with Bishop Ernest E. Richard and Company. We have an awesome show lined up for you tonight. As the bishop tackles kingdom issues and current events, but first, let's receive First Lady Sharon Richard with her faithful financial moments. Good evening, First Lady.
2: Thank you, Jerry. This is Sharon Richard with your faithful financing moment. One of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. The NIV version of the Bible reads as follows, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. In managing our finances, God wants us to trust him and seek him for guidance. In order to achieve this, we must first understand that we are simply stewards over our finances. Every dollar that we make really belongs to God, and we must seek Him on how to manage those dollars. In managing our finances, we are stewards. As stewards, we must learn and implement God's principles in managing the money that He has entrusted to us. Fulfilling stewardship responsibilities requires that, number one, that we spend quality time in prayer with God, asking him for his wisdom with respect to the money that he has entrusted to us. Sometimes we think we should only ask the Lord's guidance on what we perceive to be the big things. But remember, God is concerned even about the little things. Don't hesitate to ask him for direction in all of your spending decisions. Number two, We must regularly study and meditate on God's Word with regard to finances. There are more than 2,000 references to money in the Bible. As we study, God will reveal to us how we must allow the learning from our readings to manifest in our lives. As Joshua 1 and 8 tells us, keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Number three, demonstrate your faith in God by trusting God to provide your needs and direct you according to his will. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 and 33, Jesus tells us, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Make your commitment today to obtain God's peace in managing your finances and fulfilling your responsibilities as a steward. This is Sharon Richard with your faithful financing moment. Up next, Nina Taylor with your Gospel News, followed by Open Mic with the Bishop with your host, Bishop Ernest E. Richard,
3: Jr. How you doing, everybody? I'm Nina Taylor with this week's Gospel News. Carlton Demetrius Pearson, born March 19, 1953, in San Diego, California, an American Christian minister and gospel music artist. In his early life, Carlton Pearson attended Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, where he was mentored by Oral Roberts and sang with the World Action Singers later becoming the associate evangelist with the Oral Roberts Evangelistic Association. He was licensed and ordained in the Church of God in Christ. In 1981, Pearson formed his own church, Higher Dimensions Evangelistic Center, which became one of the largest churches in Tulsa. Along with Dr. Frederick K.C. Price, he was one of two African-American ministers to host a weekly national television preaching show, reaching hundreds of thousands to millions of people each week. He has been credited as being the first black minister to hold major conferences and arenas and stadiums across the country. During the 1990s, Pearson's church grew to an average attendance of over 6,000. On the opening night of the annual Azusa Conference in 1996, Pearson was ordained as bishop and then consecrated on the opening night of Azusa 97. In 2000, Pearson campaigned for George W. Bush and later was invited to the White House. Pearson also had one of the most watched TV programs on the Trinity Broadcasting Network. He was also a traveling evangelist holding two-day revivals across the continent. Pearson also gave many up-and-coming ministers and singers national exposure and a global audience, including T.D. Jakes, Joyce Myers, and Donnie McClurkin. Pearson had also met and counseled with former presidents George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton. Pearson was also a global vocalist who won two stellar awards and he was nominated for a Dove Award. After watching a television program about the wretched conditions of the people suffering and dying in 1994, the genocide in Rwanda, and considering the teachings of the church that non-Christians were going to hell, Pearson believed that he had received an epiphany from God. He stated publicly that he doubted the existence of hell as a place of eternal torment. He said that hell is created on earth by human depravity and behavior. By then, Pearson had began to call his doctrine a variation on universal reconciliation, the gospel of inclusion, and many of his congregation began to leave. In March of 2004, the Joint College of African American Pentecostal Bishops, concluded that such teaching was heresy. Membership at Higher Dimensions Family Church fell below 1,000, and the church lost the building to full closure in January of 2006. The church members began meeting at Trinity Episcopal Church on Sunday afternoons as the renamed New Dimensions Worship Center. In November of 2006, Pearson was accepted as a United Church of Christ minister. In June of 2008, and then renamed New Dimensions Worship Center, All Souls Unitarian Church in Tulsa. On September 7, 2008, Pearson had his final service at New Dimensions Worship Center, and it was absorbed into the All Souls Unitarian Church. Pearson was married to Gina Marie Gauthier. They have two children, Julian Demetrius Pearson, and a daughter, Majesty Amour Pearson. They divorced. In 2019, Pearson suffered from a tumor for two years, which turned into cancer. In September of 2023, he was diagnosed with cancer on the lining of the bladder. He passed away on November 19, 2023. He was 70 years old. Here's this week's top 10 gospel songs. Number 10, Ty Tribbett. Only One Night Though. Nine, All Things Kirk Franklin. Eight, Lord Do It For Me, Sicardi Cortez. Seven, Damon Little, No stresses. Six, I Believe God, Chakalyn Carr. Five, Marvin Sapp with You Kept Me. Four, Thank You, James Greer and Company. Three, Angel Taylor, Speak. Two, It's Working, Todd Delaney and Hezekiah Walker. Our new number one song comes from Anthony Brown at Group Therapy, Speak Your Name. Well, that's your top ten songs and your gospel news. I'm Nina Taylor. Let's get back to more great gospel music on this great station. Hello, I'm Nina Taylor. Welcome to Open Mic with Bishop Ernest E. Richard and Company. This show tackles kingdom issues and current events from a biblical perspective. Now, let's join Bishop and company for today's discussion. Good evening, Bishop.
4: I don't know about you, but as the song said a little bit earlier, this is the day that the Lord has made. I don't know about you, but I want to rejoice and be glad in it. God is so awesome and so wonderful, so loving and kind. He gave us another opportunity to come together And to be able to study his word and to see what thus saith the Lord concerning his word. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us by way of radio as well as by way of social media. This is the Power to Stand Outreach Prayer and Bible Study. And you are now entering into the Bible study portions. We pray that all that is shared with you, you will have opportunity and chance. And I'm going to ask those of you on the phone line that if you are able to, unless you have a question, please mute your phone so that the background noise is very minimal. I bless God for each and every one of you. I know Sister Richard and I call ourselves on a barbecue a little bit, and before we know it, the time got away from us, so we had to "quote unquote" barbecue in a hurry. By the way, Sister Richard, don't bother the chicken kebabs; we got to finish cooking them bad boys. Anyway, let's move forward because that's not what's important. What is important is there's another type of cooking about to take place, and it is the meat, the, the the meditating. And the marinating of the word into our spirit. We're on page 78 in our book, which is entitled Survival Kit. And for those of you that want to join Mm -hmm. us, we ask that you would uh, uh, do the survival kit. Mm -hmm. You would go and get the book entitled Survival Kit. You can find it on Amazon. And we look for each and every one of you to come and to be part of what God is doing in each and every one of us. We so bless, God, that you've taken this time. So without further ado, let me ask a question. I need everybody that's on the line. I have one, two, three, four sets of scriptures that I've got to pull up. So I'm going to ask everybody on the line, and I want you to tell me who you are and what you're going to take. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. I need someone to get Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 28. We're going to go 21, 22, and then 27, 28, but I want to make sure you know what area you're in. Then I definitely need somebody to get Philippians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. I hope you're turning to these pages now. Let me know what you're taking so that when I call for the scripture, we are ready to go into it. Romans eight chapter 8, verse 37 through 39, and then I need someone to get Romans chapter 6, 1 through 11. Let me quickly pray, precious Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to be in your word. Thank you for these great people with whom you've assembled here, whether it's by radio, whether it's by social media, whether it's on the prayer line, God, open thou our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Help us to see, know, understand, and perceive what it is that you would have us to know, and help us to put into you. That which you are training us in As we move forward I've already decreased Holy Spirit I need you to increase This is not mine This belongs to you God You've allowed me to be a steward over it And so God as a steward over that Which you've assigned to me to do I look for you through the Holy Spirit To speak your heart, your mind Teach these thine people In a way like we've never done before Do this for us We'll be ever so grateful To give thy name the praise The glory and the honor For it's in the mighty majesty Majestic name of Jesus, we do pray. Let me read, amen, of Ephesians chapter 4, 22 through 24. Today's subject is victory through surrender. Victory through surrender. Those of you that have your books, it's page 78. Those of you that don't have a book, the first set of scriptures, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. Here's what it says in the Amplified Classic Version. It says, now let me go up to 21. I might as well do it from 21, all right? It says, Assuming that you have really heard him, meaning Jesus, Paul's talking to the church at Ephesus, and been taught by him. I'm going to ask one more time, whoever that is. I hear a lot of clicking. I'm not sure what that is. Please mute yourself until it's time for you to talk. I want to eliminate as much noise as possible. Thank you. Assuming that you have really heard him, meaning Jesus, and taught by him, as all truth is in Jesus, embodied and personified in him, strip yourselves of your former nature, put off and discard your old unrenewed self, which is characterized, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust and desires that spring from delusion. Oh Lord, we got to talk about that. And he constantly and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new nature, the regenerated self, created in God's image. God like in true righteousness. Now I want to throw a couple of things out there and those of you, whether you're on the phone line or whether you're listening, I need you to act to think about something. First and foremost, let me help you understand. Paul is giving us a giving a telling us to make a deliberate decision as Christians to lay aside and put off our old nature. Now you gotta get this picture in your mind. Imagine you buying a brand new suit, say five years ago, the suit was brand new. And you've had this same suit on every day, 24-7, for the last five years. And then someone comes by and shows you a better suit, something better to dress in. That means that intentionally, you want to take off that old suit And then you want to never to put it on again. You don't ever want to wear it again because in your mind you have graduated, you have moved on. This is what happens to us spiritually speaking when we as sinners, and now keep in mind the Bible says that we were born in sin and we were shaped in iniquity. David talked about that in Psalms 55. I'm sorry, 51. I said 55. In Psalms 51, we were born in sin, and the reason why we were born in sin is because Adam, the first man, sinned against God. And because of one man's sin, all men became sinners. Now, I'm sorry, ma'am, I'm sorry, sir, with all your good works and how kind you treat people and how generous you are giving to various charities, including the church. I have to be the one to tell you, I didn't make up the rules. This is what God said in his word. He says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And those of you who are saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized with a mighty burning fire, you are now been translated from darkness into light in other words spiritually speaking because of the substitutionary work of the lord jesus christ you have now come reconnected to god through christ jesus and because there is a reconnection spiritually there's still a disconnection physically, and you need to understand that in order for you to be fully connected to God, you have to bring your flesh under subjection. Trust me when I tell you, your flesh will try its best to consistently, constantly, continuously get you to do wrong, and to walk contrary to the word of God, and to disobey God, and to pretend like God does not exist, and you got people with high level human intellect out there, and I use the word human in out there. Not saying that they're smart, not calling them dumb either, but anytime you try to match the knowledge of God or the wisdom of God, that is just asinine and absolutely stupid. But nonetheless, you've come to a place where you now are a, a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become new. So now you're in a position where you have to turn around And have to make a decision to give yourself up, to make yourself available to God, to put yourself in a position where you say, For God I live and for God I will die. You commit yourself wholly, unconditionally to the Lord. That kind of decision settles the outcome of the basic inner war. Now, I'm going to call it a civil war within you. And the reason why I'm going to call it a civil war, you got your old nature who's trying to stay alive and trying to be active in you, but then you have the power of God trying to work in you, trying to work through you. You know, the power is, God's power is trying to render your flesh helpless and meaning that your flesh will no longer dictate where you go and what you do and how you handle things. And you have to make a permanent commitment to Jesus Christ and allow his full power to become active in you. Now, Paul spoke of uh, your mind being renewed. Jesus also made an interesting connection between our thoughts and our actions and if we're going to in a minute go look at what Jesus had to say in the book of Matthew chapter 5 uh, verses 21 and 22 and verses 27 and 28 but all I'm trying to get you to understand when I made the analogy of us wearing uh, the same clothes for so long and then suddenly changing our clothes we have to understand the very fact that God is now trying to shape, make, and mold us and to put us in a position where he can now use us for his glory. He's trying to get us meat for the master's use. God wants us to be in a position where he can bless us, where he can work in us, work through us, work for us. Amen? Amen. So looking at these particular scriptures, you have to understand something. As we begin to grow in Christ, we do have a responsibility. We have to learn how, and I know we're looking at uh, 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 Ephesians chapter uh, 4. There is something that we have to do. Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry is not an easy job. It's much harder than shepherding. See, all those who God equips to be able to equip others for ministry, we have to understand our goal is that to get the sheep ready, to equip people. We have to give them certain gifts. We've got to communicate with them. We have to sometimes affirm them. We have to recognize the gifts that God has given them. We've also got to understand their weaknesses and try to work out their strength. We have to give them time, effort, energy, and some focus. We have to give them ownership or allow them to have a level of ownership and responsibility in the ministry. We have to become a resource in terms of of atmosphere, in terms of training, in terms of support tools, and we have to make expectations extremely clear. And I'm saying this for those of you that are on this line and they are on these uh, social media platforms, if you are a leader, all that has to happen we 've got to eliminate any and all unnecessary burdens we've catch them doing something. be good, talk positive to them, reward them it 's so easy to tear people up and to string people along and make people feel like they're less than who they are when we fail to uh you know give accolades when they do great things, but give them what I call. Uh, 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 And I want to be careful how I say this, because it's not our place to browbeat anybody. It's not our place to punish anybody, to verbally assassinate anybody, to lash anybody. When somebody does something wrong or is out of line with the Word of God, We have to make them understand that God is working in us, working with us, working for us. God wants us, wants the best. Now, do you want somebody tearing you down? We want somebody trying to shred you and pick you apart. Of course you don't. So then my next question to you is why would you even think about trying to do it to somebody else? Now, with that being said, let's go check out what Jesus had to say in Matthew 5, 21 22 27 and 28 who actually has it and i pray you have it right now i don't want you looking for it because i asked early for you to go ahead and find it what does uh what does matthew chapter 5 verses 21 and 22 say come on and read for me somebody and we have crickets come on people listen when I'm giving you assignments, one of the things, in obedience, you have to pull that assignment up. I apologize. Okay. I was on
1: mute.
4: Go ahead, sir. I do apologize. Thank you. I appreciate you. Chapter 5. You start, have heard. Go ahead. Chapter 5, but I will be
1: reading from Chapter 5, starting at verse 21 from the Amplified Version. Okay. You have heard that it was said to the men of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be guilty before the court. But I say to you that anyone who continues to be angry with his brother or har- harbor malice against him shall be guilty before the court. Uh-huh. And whoever speaks to his brother, Reiko, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool,
4: shall be in danger of the fiery hell. Okay, hold that right fiery there. Hell. Hold that right there. Think about this. Now, Jesus goes back to the Old Testament, and he reminds them of what the Old Testament said. And he tells them the scripture says, and as a matter of fact, it's in the... Uh, I believe it's the 20th chapter of Exodus, if I'm not mistaken, thou shalt not kill. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that is the fourth or the fifth uh, commandment. And he says, whoever kills shall be liable and unable to escape the punishment imposed by God's court of law. And not just God's court. God has set up the civil court, the same ones we know about today that we see across America, whether it is a, a, a district court, a regional court, even up to the Supreme Court. If they bring you in on a murder charge 99.9% of the time, if you are guilty or found guilty, there is a punishment, which includes death. we got to understand that, but he's turning around and showing you something that goes well beyond what the court systems would say. He says to you, basically, anyone who continues to be angry with his brother or sister, anybody who's harboring malice, who is holding enmity and resentment in their heart against their brother and sister, you know, you're liable and you're, uh, you, you cannot escape uh, God's imposed punishment because God loved you with an everlasting love. Think about it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. It, here it is in a nutshell. God didn't send his son to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved which shows you right then and there that God's love was working for you even when you were a mess in the middle of a mess. God's love was working for you, so why is it that you are unable to forgive your brother, unable to forgive your sister? What is it that they have done that you find that you can no longer or you have no ability to forgive them? Look at this thing. You've got to pay attention to this. Now, I'm going to show you something else that he's saying in verse 22. Whoever speaks contemptuously and insultingly to his brother shall be liable and unable to escape in punishment. Now, this is where it's talking about the natural courts. You know, slander in this day and age, especially in this day and age, people can take you to court for slander in case you did not know. That's why we need to be careful, not that we as Christians need to spend any time, effort, or energy in anybody's court at any time, trying to sue somebody because he said, she said. I mean, forgiveness is the essence here, and this is really what this is talking about in particular. It's talking about forgiveness. Now, think about this third and final part that you find in this 22nd verse of the fifth chapter of uh, 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 of Matthew. He turns around and says, whoever says to you, you cursed Ooh, listen to this. Now, this is the Amplified Classic version. You cursed fool, you empty-headed idiot. You, uh, you know, we are not, and under any particular, we, we're not supposed to belittle our brothers and sisters, not to the place and point where we cause them to stumble, where we cause them to feel less than what they are, when we cause them to possibly run away. Now, especially in the body of Christ, We are an God's army. We are a fellowship of believers. We have a commonality in the Lord Jesus Christ. Love is the centrality that draws us together. How can you sit there and tell me you love me, and every time you turn around, you're degrading me, you're demeaning me, you're riding me, and telling me I'm less than what I am? You're trying to lower my self esteem, trying to make me feel like I'm less of a man, or in some cases, women, less of a woman. Then you really are. How on earth am I supposed to believe this? Think about this for a minute. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Amen. How we can't do it. The problem here is a lot of us we want to uh, we 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 want to be recognized. We want to you know uh, 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 put ourselves in a position where we want to look the best in the presence of people. But listen to me, beloved, this is not about looking your best in the presence of people. This is about being your best in the presence of almighty God. Jesus here in this particular chapter is demonstrating that those of us who are born again, baptized, blood-washed believers, we have to develop and we have to begin shaping the perspective of those to whom God has assigned us to. And Jesus challenged a normal human perspective. You can go through this whole thing, and I'm not going to really get into it, because they call this the attitudes. When you look at verse 5, Uh, Chapter 5, I'm sorry, you know, he talked about spiritual poverty and success, sadness and mourning, meekness and gentleness. He talked about passion and hunger. He talked about purity and integrity, peacemaking and revenge, persecution and adversity. But then he turned around and defines with a bit more what it is that he's actually looking for. Let's look at verses 27 and 28. What do you got, D? Come on and read for me. You have heard
1: that it was said. You shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already
4: committed adultery with her in his heart. Put uh, 29 and 30 in there because we cannot talk about those two and not talk about the next two. Put 29 and 30 in there.
1: If your right eye makes you stumble and leads you to sin... Tear it out and throw it away. Keep going. For it it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Come on. If your right hand makes you stumble and leads you to sin, cut it off (laughs) and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell.
4: Now, I'm going to ask you guys a question, and I need all of you, those of you that can unmute your phone long as there's no background noise. Do you think Jesus is talking literally, or do you think he's talking figuratively? Figuratively. Okay. Anybody else? <sighs> Anybody else? Yeah. Come on, all right, figuratively, I'm, and I'm gonna come back to 29 and 30 in a minute. Let's deal with 27. You've heard it said, "Thou shall not commit adultery." Again, when you look at the Ten Commandments, that does say, "Thou shall not commit adultery." Under the commandment of adultery, any man or woman that was caught in the act of adultery was supposed to be stoned according to the law. Now Jesus comes and says something not different, but he's trying to help you understand how deep this thing goes when he talks about adultery. He says in verse 28, any one of you who so much looks at a woman or in some cases as a man with evil desire for her has already committed adultery. What does that mean? It just simply means when you're looking at a woman, man with a lustful eye, or a man, woman with a lustful eye, and let's just paint some scenarios here. I don't want to hear no TMI, because that's the problem with the body of Christ now. We never talk plain. We spend too much time dancing around the issue. I'm sorry, fellas, if you see a young lady, even though she is not properly dressed, her breast about to fall out of her blouse, she has on this little skimpy bathing suit-looking top, Uh, Then you got, uh, and she's got on this thing called a thong where her butt cheeks is hanging out and she's got more wiggle than jello and you sitting there saying, man, I'd like to get a piece of that. Hello, you just committed another level of adultery. Uh, You say, well, Elder, uh, Pastor, Bishop, I'm not married. This isn't about marriage. This is about you looking on something that doesn't belong to you and wishing you can get next to that thing that does not belong to you. And if you're married, it's a double whammy for you because here you are in a nutshell. You're looking at this woman as if to say, man, I could rock that. And here you holding your wife's hand, walking down the street. What's wrong with you, crazy person? Now, here's the principle. (laughs) Think about this. Here's the principle. Verse 29. If your right eye serves, and listen to this. If your right eye is causing you to be trapped, if your right eye is ensnaring you, or it's putting you in a position where you possibly could stumble and sin, when it says pluck it out and throw it away, it means you have the control to be able to put your right eye in check. It is better that you stop looking and stop putting yourself in that position than than to, um, to allow yourself to continue lusting. See, we talked about this weeks ago, so let's just go back over this real quick. Think about this for a minute. When we talk about lust, be when it's conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is conceived, matured and developed, it brings forth. Now you understand Romans 6.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've got to get this principle in our mind. You see, a thought cannot become a legitimate thought until you germinate that thought, until you put that thought in a position where that thought has the ability to begin to develop. And it's when that thought has that ability to develop that it has the opportunity to go into your spirit and bring about manifestation. Why do you think rapists do what they do? Why do you think molesters do what they do? Why do you think men and women go and watch pornography as much as they do? Some are trying their best to quit, but somehow it seems like they're being held in bondage. It's like something has got control of them. You've got to understand, they've allowed that thing to manifest. They've allowed that thing to fester. And like a cancer, it's spread throughout their body. It has encapsulated their mind to the point in place that even if they wanted to quit, if it weren't for the power of the Holy Spirit, they would have no hope. Whatsoever Am I making myself uh, understood? I pray that I am. Yeah. It says yeah. in verse 30, if your right hand serves as a trap to ensnare you or is an occasion for you to stumble and say, cut it off. In other words, you have control. To put that thing from you, you have the ability to cause that member, whether it's your eye or whether it's your hand. You see, your eye will show you something, but your hand will do something. And keep this in mind. I mean, a person, a rapist does not become a rapist just because he's looking at somebody. He's already put this thought in his mind, and he's made up in his mind that he's going to get him some one way or another. And so he targets what he calls weak and feeble, and he chases it down, and then he begins to try to do what he needs, what he thinks he needs to do to it. But it all started with a thought. And Jesus is simply saying, if the very thought comes to your mind, why do you think we have the helmet of salvation? We've got the helmet of salvation so that we can gird up the loins of our mind so that we can... Be careful of the things that we think about. We're going to get into some good thinking in just a second. Who's got Philippians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8? I'm going to start at verse 6, actually. I know the writer wants us to start at 7 and 8. I want to start at verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. Come on and read for me. Erica, thanks For nothing but in everything by prayer
1: application uh-huh come on thanksgiving come on be made god and the peace of god which surpasses our understanding will guard your heart and mind through christ jesus finally brother whatever things are true whatever things are noble whatever things are just whatever things are pure whatever things are lovely whatever things are good report. if there's any if there is any virtue and if there is anything praise, praiseworthy, meditate on Jesus.
4: Amen, amen. 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 All right. Now, he tells us to be careful for nothing. In other words, don't fret. Don't have anxiety about anything. Did he say some things? Did he say some things or did he say anything? Is said anything. Anything. <laughs> anything. What does anything include? Somebody help me out. I'm new to this. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. What does anything include? What does anything mean? Be careful for nothing, but in everything, in every circumstance, in every situation, by what prayer and supplication Another. Come on, talk to me. Go ahead. Uh, by prayer and, and
1: supplication. Uh-huh. So, to me, that... I
4: don't have to worry, long as I,
1: long as my back. Amen, so,
4: amen. You know, amen. That's what it to me. I don't have. No, no, you're right. Yeah, listen, you're on track. You got the right idea. Or in the words of one Ray Charles in the Pepsi commercial, "You got the right one, lady." Uh huh. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, he said baby, but I gotta say lady because my lady's on the phone and you're not my baby. Anyway, come on, let's move forward. It says by in anything, by prayer, by petition, by defined or definite request, finite request, with thanksgiving. Now, look how he says, prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. The three go together. Why is it that we cannot understand that prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving all work together? You make your requests known unto God. You got to make your request known. God's got tell God what's on your mind, what's in your heart. Now, God already knows what you're about to say. God already knows what you want. God already knows what it is that you want to talk about. But, beloved, still, we go to him in prayer. I mean, you know, when we sin against God, what do we do? We come to him, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you will forgive me of my sins, that you will cleanse me from all unrighteousness. The other thing we turn around and do, when we need something, God, you said you would supply my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Anytime we have a desire, Father, it's my desire to go over into Africa and visit the country, and if you should open a door for ministry, I look for you to grant it. But you've got to make that request known through prayer and petition. When you petition God, what does anybody understand how the petition works or how a, 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 a definite request comes up? I mean, if I turned around, now I'm going to show you something. As children, think about yourselves. Those of you that have children or have had children, they might be grown now. But think about this. How many times has your son or daughter come and asked you a hundred times for the same thing? Ma, can I go to this party? Ma, can I go here? Ma, can I do this? Ma, can I go there? Can I do this? Can I have this? Can I have that? Now, our great-grandson was with us for a little while. And you know during the school year, and my wife will attest to this. And I don't know if she wants to say anything on it, and I'm hoping she does. But I'm going to put this out here. My, our great grandson would turn around, grandma, 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 grandma. Y'all see what I'm doing? Oh, grandma, grandma, grandma. Every 15 seconds, grandma, 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 grandma. Grandma, Grandma. And every time he said Grandma, he's asking Grandma for something. But see, this is the way we should be with God. When we come to God and we pray according to his word, believe that he is and and can do that which he says he can do, God doesn't mind us petitioning him. But do it with thanksgiving. Father, I thank you that you've supplied my needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you that everything I have need of has already been granted me and made available to me. Father God, I just love you for who you are and thank you for everything you're about to do. Thank you for the breakthrough. Thank you, Father God, for holding it all together. Thank you, God, for allowing me to be steadfast. You thank God in advance. Continue to make your requests known unto God. Now get this. Verse seven and we're still talking about victory through surrender. You gotta understand that God's peace, the peace of God, the peace that passes all understanding, a peace that shall be yours, a peace that brings you to a tranquil state, a peace that gives your soul assurance of its deliverance, its salvation through Christ Jesus. We have to understand that we have to fear nothing from God, but we have to be content with uh, uh, in our earthly lot until God either gives us what we're requesting or makes a way whereby we can at least have that request fulfilled. And he brings us that peace, a peace that transcends all understanding, that peace that mounts and is a garrison and a guard over our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ. But the part that I wanted to get to is right here. When we thoroughly understand who we are in Christ Jesus, we have to understand there is no need for us to be anxious. There's no need for us to be worried. There's no need for us to be overly concerned. There's no need for us to take thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take care of itself. It says for the rest, brethren whatever get this whatever is true what do you consider true thy word which i've hid in my heart that i might not sin against you your word god is true whatever is worthy of reverence god is worthy of reverence his word is worthy of reverence it's what heaven is worthy of reverence whatever is honorable the position that god has placed you in he's made you to sit in heavenly places in christ jesus whatever is just Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely or lovable, whatever is kind, whatever is winsome, whatever is gracious, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think and weigh heavily on, take into account those things and fix your minds on them. Did anybody understand what I just said? Do I need to say it again? In other words... Talk to me, y'all. Somebody explain to me what I just said just now. Talk to me. Oh, listen to y'all. Come on, one at a time. Not everybody at once. Thank you, Christopher. Resting in assurance that God is. That's really what you're doing. When you're being, when you're being careful, for, when you're not being anxious, when you, in every situation, every circumstance, by prayer and by supplication, with thanksgiving, making your request known unto the God of your salvation, you're giving thanks to him because you know he has everything under his control, and he has the last word, he has the last say. You understand the peace which passes all understanding is keeping your heart, it's keeping your mind, it's transcending your understanding, it's building a protective wall around that which you trust and believe God to do through Jesus Christ, now you can rest because you can think on those things that are true and just and lovely, those things that are honorable, those things that are pure, those things that are kind and gracious, those things that are virtuous, those things that are excellent. You can think on those things. Does that make any sense to anybody other than me? I yes. like and-
3: all, All right. right. About this scripture,
1: it shows that, that 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 everybody can't have this peace You have to be a believer and in order to receive it. It
4: is a gift from God. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I agree with that. It is a gift from God. But is Paul not through the Holy Spirit encouraging you to receive? If you are a believer, Amen. you should be able Everyone to receive. Whatever. If God is in. Your, if Christ is in your life, you ought to be able to walk in peace. And then I'm going to ask, Jesus said it himself on one occasion, why are you taking thought for the day? Why the very hairs of your head are numbered? You don't think God knows exactly what you have need of? And let me say this. Now I try not to do this. I try not to go here, but I'm going to go here today. Sometimes when some of us pray, we repeat and repeat the same prayer over and over and over and over again. I'm going to show you what it sounds like. Imagine your child just coming home from school. You're in the kitchen and you're cooking trying to get dinner ready. Okay? Y'all follow me for a minute. And then your child leans their head. I know I did this before, Sister Richard, so just let me do it one more time so they'll get the picture. Your child leans their big old forehead on the screen and instead of telling you exactly what they want, they just sit there to mo- "Oh, mom. Pretty pretty please, mom. mom, 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 grandma, 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 grandma. Pretty please after well, boy what you want. That's what you are going to respond to. You don't think God, don't do that from time to time. He's a God of specifics, Mm -hmm. and all you got to do is be specific in your prayer time. While you're praying to God, tell him precisely what you want. See, God wants to hear your heart. But the way to approach him, the Bible tells us, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. But there is a way to approach our father. Don't walk up on God like he might be some ATM. God, you told me you was going to give me $75. I don't see the $75. God, where's the $75? No, a surrendered heart is going to reverence the God of their salvation. A surrendered heart is going to, acknowledge the fact that he is God, that the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. A surrendered heart is going to trust the God with all their heart and lean not to their own understanding. A surrendered heart is going to turn around and understand that if they acknowledge God in every aspect of their way, that he's going to direct their path. If you know God doesn't manifest it materialistically right then and there, God is preparing somebody to bring it to you, and you've got to understand that. You've got to put that in your spirit and recognize that God is working it out specifically for you. But here is the bonus to this whole thing. He is not just working it out specifically for you. God is working it out so it not only benefits you, it also benefits somebody else. Anybody believe that? Amen. Yeah. yeah. Any comments, any Mm. questions on the phone line, any questions on the prayer line, any questions uh, by way of social media? Dr. Jerry Green, God bless you. Evangelist Marlene Rose, bless you for thank you coming in. Uh, uh, Nathan McCoy, thank you for coming in. I praise you guys. If you didn't get the beginning of it, you can always go back and see it a little bit later on Facebook Live. Anybody else? any, Any questions, any comments? All right. There's one more passage of Scripture we have to get to, and let's go to Romans chapter 8. We're talking about victory through surrender. When we give ourselves up, when we allow ourselves, now I want to do something here because I, I, I don't want good word to, to be lost. Let's look at verse 1 in Romans, in Romans chapter 8. For any of you on this line, anybody watching live or anybody listening by way of radio, I'm commanding you in the name of Jesus to stop belittling yourself. I know the Bible says we ought not think of ourselves More highly than we ought to But God never gave us permission To harshly judge ourselves God never gave us permission to put Ourselves down God never Gave us permission to make Ourselves less than what God has Made us to be I'm going to tell you like this If God says that you're accepted In the beloved that you're the apple of his Eye that you're the head and not the tail above And not beneath if God's calling You a royal priesthood, a chosen generation And all that why are you say to yourself anything less. We do understand, and I know if you go backwards to chapter 7 of the book of Romans, you'll find that Paul talked about, especially around verse 24, 25 in chapter 7, he said and made the statement, the thing that I don't want to do, I find myself doing, but the thing that I ought to be doing, I seem to be avoiding. And I'm bringing that up for this reason. God never one time said that your flesh would not try to overtake you, that your flesh would not try to control you that your flesh would not try to dominate you but God let you know that in the event that you give in to Your flesh, in the event that you allow your flesh to win that particular battle, it's just a battle, brothers and sisters. It is not the war. Your flesh has not won the war. Your flesh just won that one particular battle. So stop beating yourself up. Ask God for forgiveness. Get up, wash yourself off, and move forward. And I said all that just to get to verse 1 in chapter 8. It says, there is now therefore no condemnation to Them who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. There's a difference between the individual that's walking after the dictates of their flesh and the individual who walks after the dictates of their spirit. When you're walking after the flesh, you're in constant, continuous lust. When you're walking after the flesh, you are in constant, continuous want for something that you really don't need. When you're walking in the flesh, you are looking for gratification for your flesh. But when you are walking according to the Spirit, you are looking to please Him who delivered you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You're looking for the approval of Him who told you to be followers of Him as dear children. You're looking for the approval of Him who told you to imitate Him as dear children. You're looking for the approval of him who sent his son through 40 and two generations born of a virgin stepping out and then spending 33 and a third years here in the face of the earth you're looking for the approval of the one who gave his very life so that you could have access to the tree of life and this is what this is all about stop condemning yourself stop judging yourself guilty of wrong even if you put yourself in a position where you cannot uh, uh do anything Robert I can't take you on right now brother I'm actually in the middle of a bible study and it's actually being recorded my brother so I'll get to you after we finish bible study but anyway put when you put yourself in a position where you stop beating yourself up that's all I'm trying to say to you now let's get down to verses 37 and 30 through 39 who got uh verses 37 through 39 I do. All right.
1: Yet that,
4: in all these things we are more than conquerors. Stop. Through him stop. Through stop. Hold on. Hold on. Read that again. Somebody didn't hear you. Say that again. Hallelujah. Come on now. In all these yet, things, we are what? Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. More.
1: <laughs>
4: Keep going. Keep going.
1: For I am persuaded,
4: that
1: neither death, nor, <laughs> nor angels, or principalities, nor powers,
4: come on,
3: nor things nor things to come,
4: uh huh, nor
3: height, depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us
1: from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
4: I thank you, Brother Miles. Somebody ought to be shouting. You ought to be excited. Now, I know we kept out verse 35, so now I'm going to throw it in because Mother Miles unread everything else. She didn't read this one, so I'm going to save this one. Here, the scripture says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Are you? Amen. Listen, who's going to separate us? Who? If God, be for, us, who? If God be for us, who? If God be for us, tell me. Somebody talk to me. If God be for us, Who? Can be against us, nobody. who nobody. nobody you gotta remember this <laughs> beloved. So when we surrender to God, when we give our hearts to Jesus Christ, when we say, yes, Lord, from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul, the victory comes in our surrender. He says in verse uh, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Suffering. Some of us are suffering through some things right now, whether it be of a family member, on your job, in your community, whatever. Shall affliction or tribulation. Let's look at suffering, affliction, and tribulation you would think all three were the same thing but all three are three different things when you're suffering something you are enduring it you're putting up with it you're going through with it you're allowing God to guide you through it I like what David says yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me I'm suffering right now God but I I know you got my back. You're not going to leave me in this condition. This too shall pass. Therefore, I count it a joy and an honor when I go through diverse temptations. Shall affliction, people are mistreating me people are misleading me. People are lying on me, talking about me. People are scandalizing my name. People are turning around and taking my good name and I'm going to just talk about me and preachers all over the world, those of us that are naming the name of Jesus Christ and they're saying we're nothing more than Pentecostal pimps in the pulpit, that we're hustlers, that we're stealing the people's money. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We're being afflicted with something that a small handful are doing. South tribulation and we all got to go through some level of tribulation. And for those of you that miss out on the first resurrection, let me help you out with something. You better go back and read the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, because that's where you're going to find out if you miss the first rising, if you miss the first resurrection, you're going to have to go through a tribulation period just to be able to be brought into the kingdom. It says calamity. We all see some level of calamity. I know loved ones die, and friends die, and jobs are lost, and things of that nature and distress. It seems like everything in your family is falling apart. It seems like every time you turn around, here's something else. You know, my baby's acting up. My son's gone crazy. My granddaughter done lost her mind. My grandson done cracked up and went crazy. The dog is losing his mind. The caterpillar's acting stupid. The cat won't meow no more. Or persecution or hunger or destitution or peril. My goodness. Paul is naming at least eight things in that 35th chapter. But he goes on and says, yeah, yay for our sake We're put to death. We die daily, all day long, and we're counted as sheep for the slaughter. And all Paul is simply saying is as sheep go in to be slaughtered, they have no idea that their life's about to come to an end. And when you give yourself away, this is what it means to be crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, but it's not you, but it's Christ who lives in you. And the life you are now living in the flesh, you are living by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave him for you it says yet in all these things we are more now get the get a hold of this when it says we are more than conquerors now uh in a boxing match i'm going to simply say this and i'm going to take i don't know if they're married but i'm gonna give them wives for the moment okay let's take uh uh evander holyfield and mike tyson okay Uh, I know, I believe both of them were married at one time. Either boxer in the middle of a match fighting for the championship. The championship has, that goes with it, is the belt and a $10 million purse, okay? He has trained Either one of them has trained for six to nine months, and they have done their calisthenics. They have done their road work. They have done everything they needed to do, jump rope, medicine ball, the whole 20 yards, and, you know, have shadow box, have gotten in the ring and sparred with people, and they prepared themselves to do battle. They get into the ring, and they meet their opponent, and they eventually beat their opponent, and they win the $10 million purse plus the belt. Now, they went through all that work and all that turmoil and all that trial, all that stress, all that strain, all that pain, they put up with it over that long period of time, only to come home and the wife turns around and he hands her the paycheck. Now, he was the conqueror in the ring, but who just became more than a conqueror? The wife wife. did. (laughs) Do you see where you are in Christ Jesus now? You didn't have to fight the fight. You did not have to lift a finger. Jesus went and whooped the devil, busted his teeth out, and made an open show and an open display of him by coming back with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And look at this. He gave them to us. (laughs) You didn't do anything. All you did was receive and accept him as Lord and Savior. And you became more than a conqueror him who loved you and gave himself for you this is why verse 38 you have to be persuaded beyond doubt you've got to be so sure that you're more sure than so sure that no not death not life no angels no principalities and I'm talking about those who are the higher-ups those who are in our court systems and wherever they may be nothing impending nothing threatening not things to come nor powers no heights no depths, nor anything else in creation should be able to separate you from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord you got the victory why because of surrender you got the victory because of surrender and so as we bring this to a close today i have to ask this question, now, and I'm going to give you a homework assignment, everybody. I need you to read Romans 6 and 2. And I'm going to say, what unanswerable question did Paul ask in verse 2? Don't tell me now. I said it's a homework assignment. I will ask for it next week. Oh, amen? Amen. The bottom line is this. Victory through surrender. Victory through surrender. I think they were asking the scripture again. The scripture that I gave you for homework is Romans chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. It felt like our building, our house just shook. It just felt like our house shook. That could be the movement of the Holy Ghost. Huh? I that, didn't
1: feel it up
4: here. Well, that's all right. That means God is moving mightily. Ah! Bless him! or that might be Dr. Booker shouting. We're not sure. Anyway, (laughs) the bottom line is, I think I got everything. It is 830. It is time for us to bring to a close today's Bible study. I do thank each and every one of you for joining us. If you desire to bless this ministry, please, we have several ways it could be done. You can send check or money order, and that's your choice if you want to do this. This is not a must-do situation. It's a if-you-want-to-do situation. You can send us check or money order to Power to Stand Outreach Ministries, Post Office Box 1335, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, 20773. You can use our cash app, Power, P-O-W-E-R-2-T-O-Stand, not the number two, Power to Stand, T O to stand Or you can use our Givelify or a Ly. Look for Power to Stand Upper Marlboro. We bless God for every one of you tuning in, and we thank you for being part of our podcast today. We thank you for taking the time to hear what thus saith the Lord in and through us as we shared a word with you today. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for being part of all that we're doing. At this time, I'm going to pray us out, and we're going to dismiss everybody. Thank you, those of you that are on the prayer line. And I appreciate all of you participating. Thank you for those who read the word for me. Thank you for those who, and share this with somebody. Now, I do want to let you know, if you want to go back and hear this Bible study again, you can go back and um, you dial 267-807-9599. You'll need access code 911-414-965. And it will play the most recent recording. Or if you want this particular, you know, let me give it to you again. Pastor MJ, bless you. You can go back and hear the playback. You dial 267-807-9599. You can use access code 911-414-965. And it will give you the most recent. Now, if you wait till tomorrow. I have. I think the uh, uh, this recording is going to be, if I'm not mistaken, 12:52. Let me double check that to make sure it's correct, because I don't want to give you the wrong uh, the wrong uh, the wrong information here. Let me double check this real quick. I think it is 12:52. Uh, come on, pull up, pull up, pull up. da 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 da. da, da. Give me 12 seconds. All right, uh, while we're preparing, would somebody please uh, close us out?
1: Somebody please. Come on. Go ahead, take it, sir. No, 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 you can't.
4: Lord, we Father, care.
1: we thank you for this opportunity
2: to study your word, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that as we continue to to grow in our knowledge and understanding, Lord, that you will continue to bring about the changes in us that we may truly honor you with all that we do, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for even the opportunity to share about you with others, Lord. As we increase our understanding, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to, to continue to impart that that knowledge uh with others that we meet, others that we come in contact with. So Lord, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for our teacher of this evening, Bishop Richard, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you cover him, keep him guard and guide him, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're blessing each one that was a part of this Bible study and prayer time, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that as we prepare to end this session, Lord, and we prepare to get sweet rest, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your peace to rest upon us, Lord,
4: and we thank you for another opportunity to serve you again. We ask you this in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. That Amen. Re- Amen. The reference Amen. number is 2484. You want to reference 2484? That play, well, if you want to hear it audibly, playback number 267 807 9599, access code 911. 414-965. You want reference number 2484. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord calls his face to shine upon each and every one of you. I'm Bishop Ernest D. Richard. For power to stand, may God's peace continuously be with each and every one of you. Have a great night, everybody.
1: Amen.
3: You've been listening to Open Mic with Bishop Ernest E. Richard and Company. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, then please consider sewing into this ministry. A $20 gift or more would be appreciated. You can do so through Cash App. Just use dollar sign power to stand or on PayPal, preacher719 at gmail.com. On behalf of Bishop Richard and the Open Mic panel, I'm Nina Taylor saying have a blessed week. We'll see you soon.